And welcome back, everyone, to Let's Heal Together. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest who I fell in love with, honestly, from listening to her on so many podcasts. And I knew that once I started this podcasting journey, I needed to have her on. So today, I'm joined with Alara Saltman. She is a meditation teacher, a speaker, an author, who also offers intuitive soul sessions, coaching, and much more. And welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me and this community. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I always end up being somebody's first or second podcast guest. It's so funny. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because my background is in like television. So people trust that I'll be good guest <laughs> that they always come to me first at the beginning. So I'm happy to be here. Wait, I love that. I was listening because I was, oh, I don't know, my mind was like very nervous for this. So I was on Spotify before this and I was just listening to this one podcast that you were on the Skeptic Mystic or something. The Skeptic Metaphysician. Yeah. yeah. And they said that you were one of their first, then you came back and yeah, I don't know, but intuitively you felt like the safest person to have on. I felt like the most comfortable with you because yeah. you just feel like such a loving presence. And I was like, okay. The first guest I'm going to have. Well, I had, I recorded an episode with my friend Amanda that I posted, but I was more the guest on hers. So this is the first official guest. And (laughs) I have a feeling that you might be back on in the future too. So happy you're here with us today. And I just thought it'd be a cool place to start is for you just to share a little bit about your healing journey. That's something that we talk a lot about on this podcast and yeah, I know what got you into this, but the listeners obviously don't. And so whatever you feel comfortable sharing, just letting everybody know how you ended up like with all these amazing titles and living this amazing life. Yeah, thank you. Well, I started my career. I wanted to be an entertainment reporter from the time I was like 16 years old. I was obsessed with celebrities. I would record this, how old I am on a VHS. I would record entertainment tonight to come home after school to watch it and And I loved it. I loved when they were on movie sets and TV sets. Now, this was a long time ago when that's really what they focused on. Now, I feel like all that stuff is all tabloidy. But when I was interested in it, what I liked about it was that behind the scenes and I would always loved like anytime I've ever been on a movie or TV set, I'm like a giddy little girl. I just love it. Uh, whether it's an uh, American Idol backstage, whether it was Dancing with the Stars or whether it was on uh, the, the set of Friends. I was on the set of Friends one time and Two and a Half Men. I was on the set of, I mean, I've been on the set of so many different things and uh, and I love that. And I'm very grateful for that career I had, but it sort of took a turn, I think, after Anna Nicole Smith died into way more tabloidy and it became uh, a difficult thing for me. I didn't, I didn't love where the industry was going. So I was struggling in around 2014 with how the industry had changed and really shifted into this, like I call it the five D's. Everybody, all they ever talked about was death, drugs, divorce, derangement, like, and it drove me crazy. And then I had this sort of impetus for, for stepping away from that when my brother was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2013 Um, he passed away. And that kind of like made me really make the decision that it was time for me to like take some time to heal and step away from that career. And I actually thought I would be back. I, at one point I started like trying to pitch television shows, my own shows that were sharing a good message in the world. So I thought I would get back into it, but then I went through all these other things. My dad died by suicide. Um, I got divorced and um, I had a bunch of, when I was married, I had some miscarriages and adoption failures and just I was just at the worst place of my life. And so I moved away. Like I literally ran away from my problems and that didn't solve my problems. Um, because no, you know what, that, yeah, that's what <laughs> happens. Like you, you, wherever you go, you take your problems with you. It could be a temporary solution, but they come with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally said, I went to Hawaii this past summer. And when I talk about Hawaii, I always say that too. I thought going to Hawaii, I would be fixed, but I did not. Right. It's going to solve all your problems. (laughs) No. I call it the if then paradox. If I move to Hawaii, then I'll be happy. If I move from California to Florida to be near closer to my family, then I'll be happy. If I get a partner, then I'll be happy. If I get a million dollars today, then I'll be happy. But it's really not that. It's when you're happy, 
is when those things come to you and then they last, you know? So like if you had found your happy place and then made a decision to move to Hawaii, it could have been the thing that, that made you really happy, but you first have to find the happiness and then find that. So I learned that lesson about not running away from things from my move to Florida. And I still don't love Florida, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I've come to peace with it. So then while I was struggling living in a place that I thought was going to solve everything and didn't, it sent me on a journey of like going deeper into my spirituality. And after my dad passed away, I had kind of dabbled in spirituality. I was working with this spiritual life coach and reading different books, Wayne Dyer and Neil Donald Walsh and Abraham Hicks and all the things. And then I remember reading Neil Donald Walsh books and he said in his books, anybody can talk to God, anybody can have that conversation because that all exists within us. And I was like, let me see if I can do it. So then I started like journaling and writing and getting some of the same sort of information back that he was getting. And then from there, I started writing books and I wrote books for uh, about two years straight. I wrote my first book in six weeks and then I wrote my second book in two months. And then my third book, I think I wrote in six months. And then my fourth book, it took me about two years. But in the span of about three years, I had written all of these um, these dialogues with the universe or with God or source or love or my version of it, which is called the all. And that helped me navigate through the struggle I was having in life and gave me the tools and resources that I needed to help myself. And then through that journey, I started experiencing all these wacky, crazy things. Like all of a sudden I was a medium and all of a sudden I was um, getting, you know, intuitive downloads. And then I would start pulling tarot and Oracle cards and getting all this like information coming through me. And that kind of sent me in this direction of like, you know what, maybe I can help people the way that my spiritual life coach helped me. And I can guide them from a place of connecting to spirit, the divine, the all, whatever you want to call it. Wait, I love that. There's, as you're speaking, I'm like so many thoughts literally come to my mind. But the last one you said that after you had the spiritual life coach that you wanted to then like help other people do that. That's like why I'm also here in this moment. I mean, I had a therapist. I started my healing journey four years ago and she completely changed my life. And I heard someone else talk about this where like as humans, if we have a really good experience, we want to share that with other people. And so it's a similar feel. I feel that's like why yeah, I'm in this field and why I want to become a therapist, maybe. Yeah, I, you, yeah. I, was, I remember sitting with Kim, my woman, her name was Kim Stanwood Terranova. And I remember saying to her, like, I want to do what you do. Like, I love this. <laughs> and But I want to be like more of like a medium. Like, I want to talk to people mm -hmm. on the other side too, because she wasn't really a medium. Um, and yeah, and, it, and I just think like, once you've learned that there's a better way, you want to open the door for others for that better way. Um, to be honest though, like I really went full throttle with it for so long, but I kind of miss, like, <laughs> I miss television now. Really? I do miss that part. I don't miss the like tabloid stuff, but I definitely miss like going to red carpets and mm -hmm. going to comedy shows. One of my really good friends is, um, the CEO of comedy gives back and, uh, they, they work with comedians and she always goes to all these like fabulous, amazing things. And I'm like, ah, I miss that. I, so mm -hmm. there is a part of me that let, likes that. And so I do, I still dabble in that. That's actually my side hustle. Like my, my sessions and my one-on-one -on -one work is my full-time job, but my side hustle is like doing social media, doing production, just because I feel like I'll never want to leave that. I'm still a member of SAG-AFTRA and I keep that open just in case if somebody wants to hire me to do anything <laughs> in that world, or maybe I want to go be an extra. I want to be in jury duty. I want to be in season two of jury duty. Mm, wait, <laughs> I love this. And it reminds me of what you were saying when you were said that like you've always liked this from a kid like you love celebrities and that's actually ironic because this is a thought that I've had as of like two days ago where I just reflect back on the things that I like to do as a kid and I love to make these GoPro videos when I went on vacation with my family and it just brought me so much joy and now I'm 21 that was so long ago and I'm making those in a different way on TikTok and I have a podcast now and I love creating content and so I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but it's just really interesting to me, like the passions that we're drawn to as children. And then I at least steered away from it because of all the things I thought I had to do. And now I just want to be a 13 year old again. And like, I don't know, even when I like went to bed last night, I was like, wait, let me just imagine like I'm 10 years old and like I fall asleep in a minute. Like my, I don't have those races. It's just a really interesting thing I've been dabbling with and I'm much more present. So I don't know if you have any opinions on that, but 
I'm just super interested by it. Well, it is true when you're younger and you don't have, you know, bills to pay and, and you can be a kid, (laughs) then you don't have as many thoughts because you're not so worried about the future. Mm -hmm. When you're a child, you also don't have so many uh, experiences of usually not, I mean, sometimes people do, but of like traumas and bad things that happen. You're not living in your yesterdays or you're not living Mm. in your tomorrows. You're able as a child to be much more present in life. And so you don't have to worry about, but it's interesting because the one night of the year that probably most kids have trouble sleeping is actually Christmas. Why? Because they're in in anticipation. Like they know that tomorrow there's going to be something that they want. And that's the, that's what most of us as adults now, like we're in anticipation all the time. And then it, it causes the stress and the struggle. Sometimes when you're in college, if you have test exams, that'll keep you from sleeping because you're thinking about tomorrow. But I really think that's the balance. It's if you can learn to be present in the moment and not live in a, in a yesterday and tomorrow, you would do life very differently. And I love that idea of going, kind of going back to your teenage, like that's, you know, the, the times in your life where you were most happy and most present that is how we should be living our life to be mm-hmm. honest no totally and that's like something I've been reconnecting with and I love that too I, sometimes I'll ask myself like in this moment if I had no past what would I do and it's super cool question to ask because the answer comes right away or me and my therapist talk about this where it's like don't put past stories on new people where if you had this person who treated you like this it's not fair if you put that story on them if it's a romantic partner a friendship whatever because everyone's going to be different. And sometimes I feel like if we go in with that expectation, we can kind of create that. And that leads me into another question. I think you talk about it. It was on your website. I was looking at your website last night and it said like our life is a creation of what we think about. And so can you just like talk about that? Cause I, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. So essentially what it means is that your life is guided by your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions, your emotions. So whatever's happening currently in your life is because of something you thought about, believed about, emoted about, or acted about. And so we in life, and and I like will throw my hands up and be the first person to say guilty as charged. Like I lived in victim mode my whole life. I thought that everything was everybody else's fault. My boss didn't think I was pretty enough. Um, This guy didn't love me enough. Um, or my parents didn't have enough money for me and, and I blamed everybody else. So everything external, I blamed on external things. And I lived in a very introspective way. And it wasn't until I took the journey inward and the journey to myself and finding out, you know, the all and awakening that I finally have come to the conclusion, understanding that we actually live from the inside out. So what's happening in your life today at this moment is because of those things. You thought of something, you believed something, you emoted something, you acted upon something, or it's something that at the spirit, the soul level, you signed on the dotted line and said yes to and signed up for. I'm gonna deal with this. So maybe it's, you know, I'm gonna deal with childhood cancer because when I'm older, I'm gonna be able to run a school for kids with cancer or a camp. Or um, when I get older, I'm going to be a therapist. And we don't know. Like, so a lot of people are moving through challenges that they placed in their midst at the soul level that we would look at and be like, oh my God, that's so horrible. That's so tragic. Because we have that amnesia of our soul where at the human level, we don't remember that. So it can seem very awful and tragic and terrible. But if we understand that if something showed up in my experience, it's part of that, that plan And I'm going to work with it. And if you don't like your life the way it is right now, if you don't have enough money, if you don't have enough time, if you don't have enough partners, if you don't have (laughs) enough space, whatever it is you don't have enough of, then you have the ability to start to control your experiences so that you can bring forth a life that you are are seeking. But it has to start from within ourselves. If we want a different life, we have to start making better choices. And those choices have to be to align with this concept and idea that we are all that is, that we are part of and parcel of the all, this whatever our word for the universe, the infinite, God, source, divine mind, Yahweh, Allah. I mean, there's a million <laughs> names, thousands and thousands of names, um, Adonai, that we have to discover our our connection to that 
thing, that mind, that energy, and understand that that God, the universe, source, love is not a head of state. It is a state of being, right? Mm -hmm. So when we start to understand that that thing that we believe is outside of ourselves is actually something that's flowing with us, then that's how we can start to shift and change. The only thing that I've been told in all my books that I've, I've written is that we cannot regrow our limbs. So if you were born with a missing limb and you think about it your whole life, you're never going to regrow that limb. We can't regrow our limbs. That's one thing right now that we're not currently able to do. However, look at how many strides have been made over time in making sure that people who are missing limbs are able to live quality lives because we're coming up with all this amazing technology. Mm -hmm. And that just shows you that if you have an idea or a concept, it can eventually start to show up. I think we are so um, limited in our thinking that we haven't even opened up to what truly is possible here on earth and all the things that we actually could create. Like we are just little kindergartners when it comes to technology and being in the pop culture world and, and, and that having been my first world, I marvel sometimes at TV shows and movies because I, as I, I consume it now, I see like that people are almost like picking up on some of that later technology and putting it into movies and TVs that either are, you know, happening now or things that we said hundred years ago, 20 years ago, whenever movies first started are going to happen. And, and an example of that for me is like black, uh, black Panther, like Wakanda to me, Wakanda is an example of some of the things that I think eventually we could be able to do when it comes to technology, like where we're, it's available to us. We just haven't thought of it enough and, or we don't believe it enough. But I do think like, we're just on the tip of the iceberg of so many different things that haven't yet come into the world because we haven't imagined it yet because we can't imagine it because mm -hmm. we're so limited right now in our thinking. Like there's mm -hmm. so much more to come. I totally agree. I was talking to my hairdresser and she's amazing. I hopefully she'll listen to this. And she was saying, it's kind of what you were just saying about how we're kindergartners and what she said reminded me of that. Cause I've heard you say that before. And when she was with her friend and they were 20 years old traveling around, they wanted to be invisible one day. And they, she like talks about how that's possible. And yes, I totally believe that we are limited in our thinking and there's so Yeah, much. I think, I do think that we can, we, I don't know if I'll be alive at that time because I'm much older, but um, I think that teleportation is something that mm -hmm. we'll figure out. Maybe it's, I don't know, 50, 60, 80 years from now, but I do think that we'll be able to, to teleport. I mean, I, I think there's so much, there's just so much yeah. to us. Well, I love that. I was like at the dentist today and I was like, I really just want to teleport home. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to be, and I think, I even think like, like maybe somebody will listen to this podcast a hundred years from now and I'll even have like predicted it. I think it'll be kind of like the trajectory of phones where mm. like they change over time. So in the beginning, it'll be sort of weird and clunky. And then as it goes on and they perfect it, it'll be so much easier to navigate through. And that's really how everything comes. Like it just, it slowly over time changes and evolves into something bigger and better. Like even, you know, television in the early days versus now is so different. Phones is so different now versus what is available. And I think that will start to change. And the other thing, and I don't know if this will happen in any of our lifetimes, anybody who's living on this planet and even the kids that are going to be born as Gen A, I don't think this will happen in their lifetime, but I do think in maybe, maybe thousands of years, thousands of years, could be hundreds, but I'm thinking more thousands. The way that we discovered America, the way that we discovered other countries, we thought we were so separate. Like the, the indigenous who lived on the land that is now America didn't know that there were indigenous in Mesopotamia and the land that became Jordan and Amman and Syria. We just thought we were all alone. But then eventually, as we went exploring, we eventually realized, we, hey, we're not alone. There are other whatever we decided to call them and that, that, you know, we called them humans. There are other humans. And then so then we became like different continents. And I believe in thousands of years, we're finally going to discover that we are not, we are, you know, the indigenous of earth, but there are other planets and places out there that do exist that have their version of whatever a human, you know, body is, and that we'll actually be able to communicate with them. And someday 
I don't know, maybe 10,000, 100,000 years from now, I think we'll be able to do kind of like the inter intergalactic, intergalaxy travel that you see in movies like Star Wars, which is so ahead wow. of their time. I think that's, you know, like I said, it could be hundreds of thousands of years, but I do believe that that, that, that is where we're heading. And some, some people would be listening to this thinking, this girl's wacky and crazy. <laughs> um, and some people will just, like, they know it too. Yeah, I feel like it'll resonate. Like, yeah. They'll be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm. Totally get that. Well, and I, I and I get that. I mean, even like the people who created Star Wars, do you think like they had that thought? Like where where does that yeah, go? Yeah, so move to me, movies and TV is a great question. To me, do movies and TV, poets, po poems, music, art is all what we call channeled. So channeling is essentially tapping into the divine or tapping into other beings or tapping into God or tapping into spirits, angels, messengers, whatever. And, uh, and sometimes people can channel things through via like word and thought, but I truly recognize and understand that we are all channeling or the word I like to use is sourcing. Like we're all sourcing the information because what I teach in my books and what I teach online and what I teach in my classes and all that is that there's only one mind. There's one infinite source, one mind that we all have access to the same mind, which means we all know the same information. When we come down to its source, I am able to connect to that information. And so are you. And so is everybody else on this planet. But we have to kind of, it's kind of like an onion. If the one mind is in the center of the onion, we have to peel all the layers of our false beliefs about who we are in order to get to the information at the center of the onion. And then once we understand that we are connected to that one mind, then we can actually go through and get information from that one mind. But there are also people who have chosen at the soul level to bring through movies and television and music and art and poetry. And they're actually channeling and sourcing from that one mind without realizing it. So I believe that George Lucas is somebody who, when this was created, he was essentially channeling through this whole story from the one singular mind. And it became a, a narrative, a, par a parable, even a metaphor. And if you look at Star Wars, if you actually consume Star Wars from start to finish, what you realize is that Star Wars is the journey of Earth. Star Wars is a movie and a franchise that is about the journey of love trying to overcome fear. Mm. That is what the Empire is, the dark side. Darth Vader is a representation of fear. Yep. And the Jedi use the Force. And what is the Force? The Force is the Force of love. It is the Force of the divine mind. It is the Force of that one thing. And anybody who believed in that was able to utilize it. And then there's just the, the epic battle between the two. But at the end, as we all know, the light always wins. And that's really what I think the journey of earth is too. Like eventually the light will overtake. There will be a lot of dark things that happen here. We're going to go through periods of where the, the light does overcome and things are going great, but then the empire comes back. And, and I think it's even a cycle. I, I think that we're we're living on a planet and even in a universe, and I don't even know, maybe in an infiniteness that is constantly in perpetual, perpetual motion. So things are always flowing and going. So right now we're in a pretty rough time period, right? Yeah, yes. But because everything is in motion and fluid and flowing, I believe that we will get into another upswing period where things are going better on this planet and there's not so much pain. But what happens in the dark period is we have the ability to be introspective about it. What can we learn in the darkness that will help us get back to the light more quickly? If we can all get into that mentality of I'm learning something through this challenge, through this terrible time that we're all going through, through this war that's going on in the world, what can that teach us to? And the, and the last thing I'll say about that is some people are never going to know. Some people don't want to know. They've chosen at the soul level. They've chosen before they came here. Do not wake me up. I do not want to know. I don't want to know anything about it. Your generation, your Gen Z, right? Yes, I think. Is much more awakened. Every oh generation gosh, yes. comes in a little bit more awakened. So for you, it's you're closer to the truth than my generation and the generate and the millennials yeah. and and anybody further beyond and those who have already crossed over while they were living on earth, they were not, they didn't know the truth. It wasn't time, but we're in this shift and we shifted out of the, um, the, the one thousands. So I, I talk a lot about numerology in my work. Yes. And, Wait, I love, I love. When yeah. You're, it's so so cool. one and two, 
so we were in the thousands, right? And and I was born in the um not you were born in the two thousands, right? Yes. So I was born in the nineteen hundred nineteen when was I born in the seventies? I was born in the seventies, and so I was born in the thousands. And in the one is that singular. For most of our experience, from one thousand to two thousand we have been living a very singular experience where we we either feel like we're all alone or we only, we think that there's this one head of state that runs the you know runs yes, everything yes. whatever our version of that is chills. i just got the chills yeah. yeah and and now we're shifting into the we did shift into the 2000s mm. where now we are recognizing our duality with that one thing so your generation being born into the 2000s already knew in the 2000s that you were that some there was something bigger that, that there was something more that I, my generation and beyond that didn't know. And we're going to continue, I believe, in the 2000s to live in that duality, recognizing that there is something bigger and better. If you are born in the 2000s, it's going to come very naturally to you because you're mm -hmm. born on, under that. If you're born in the 1900, in the 19s, you're going to, you're still going to struggle with that concept yeah. of the duality of it. Mm, I love that. What would you like say to somebody who is uncovering the truth, re-remembering, whatever your terminology you want to describe it, but they live in a family or they're surrounded by people who don't understand and don't support them. Um, you can't, there's a line in my book and it says, you can't awaken those who do not wish to be awoken. So don't yeah. try to push, prod, poke them into it. It's not going to work. It's only going to make you, up, you upset, them upset. Um, you have to let people, and this is a lesson I had to learn. You have to let people come to it in their own time, in their mm -hmm. own way. And the only thing that you can do is be the light, model the behavior, be who you want to be without trying to, to say like, this is your way. It's kind of like if you're Jewish and then you try to get someone to believe who is Catholic or Muslim in your yeah. Judaism. Yeah. You know what? It's, that's not what they were raised in and let mm -hmm. them believe what they want to believe. To me, it's, it comes back to, if you're a good, kind, loving, compassionate person, I don't care what you believe. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. If you are a mean, nasty, ugly human being, then I'm, I'm going to try to model the light around you and hopefully that I can infuse that into you. But I will never tell you if you just wake up, oh, you're a sheep. Like some of the things that I hear people say who are in the spiritual community, and I say that with air <laughs> quotes because we're yeah. on audio, um, that is spiritual ego. Like that's mm -hmm. I, somebody we, who was I talking to this week? I love this phrase that I thought it was spiritual narcolepsy, like people who have spiritual narcolepsy oh. who fall asleep very instantaneously, but then they wake back up. Like when you're, when you're um, harassing people or when you're being unkind, but you believe yourself to be spiritual. I, I love that term. It's spiritual narcolepsy. Like you mm -hmm. fall asleep for a moment, you get back in your ego and then hopefully you wake back up. Mm, okay. This is, I mean, this even like happened to me today. I don't know if you, this is what you're referring to, but I think it's something that happens as humans where, and maybe this is why our soul has chosen our families, but they can really activate us. And today that was happening and I was definitely not who I'm being right now. And it's like, I fall back into this habitual pattern, this habitual way of being around them. And I don't know if you would call that what you were just describing, but I think that is like a common thing that a lot of people experience as a human, like you are around certain people and certain feelings come up. So yeah, like what extent to that is like, okay. And it's, well, I think it's all okay. Nothing's good or bad, but like part of being human or like, will you ever reach a point where you're like the same or can just simply observe that? I don't know. So I'm, I was like, yeah, I mean, I think you, it's like, it adds up like, coins in a piggy bank. I do think that there is where you become more aware of it and you, and the, and the higher you sort of um, evolve your consciousness and remember more pieces of the puzzle. I think you're able to, to come back to truth much more quickly. Mm -hmm. But for me, I've been on this journey for 10 years and I still have those moments, but yeah. I am way more able nowadays to be more kind, compassionate, empathic or empathetic than I ever mm -hmm. have been. So I do think you do build up those resources, but you have to also know that what triggers you is your treasure. It's meant to, it. yeah, it's meant to, it's meant to show you where you're, where you're not being all, where you're not being like God, where you're not being mm -hmm. like the source. So 
we know, oh, there's more work to be done. And we talked about being kindergartners on this planet. And I think in terms of our spiritual awakening, we are kindergarten. We are in kindergarten. We're not even anywhere near first grade. Like we're still, there's still so much to be learned about who we are. And I think if you are somebody who believes you're enlightened, then I promise you, you are not enlightened. (laughs) Well, the, there's also this quote where it's like, if you think you're in lane, go spend a weekend at home. And it's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> right. oh, yeah. You, yeah, like you have no idea. And I do believe that we do choose our families and mm-hmm. we choose the, the cast, the cast of characters yeah. that are going to be in our family. And how boring would it be to be in a cast of characters that there wasn't any contrast and there wasn't yeah, people you're right. different opinions? Then it would be like every day would be like, good morning. I love you, I love you too. <laughs> It's going to be an amazing day. Oh, yeah. Like, how like like, we're, are we living show, in yeah. freaking like fantasy land? Yeah. Like, no, totally. that's not the journey that we signed up for. And I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days. So I'll talk about it here. One of the things that I constantly come back to in my my private one on one readings is this idea that when we when we leave Earth, we drop our bodies mm-hmm. and we go back into consciousness. And in consciousness, we don't get bodies. We're not in bodies. So part of the reason that we signed up for this wacky, crazy ride that is sometimes horrible and awful and tragic is because we wanted to be inside the bodies because in bodies, we can feel things. We can eat food. We can feel crazy things like go on roller coasters. We can hug and kiss and have sex and do all of these things in our bodies that we are not able to do in our consciousness. So in our spirit form, you wonder why would any soul come to earth to, you know, and then we, we name some tragic thing. But if we realize that the soul is like, cause it's fun, like, it's so much fun. Like you guys, and like, it's almost like our soul is like, would you stop complaining? Like you have no idea. It's so mm. much fun to be in a body. All the things that you can do, you can do backflips and handstands. I can't do that. We can't do that when we're just consciousness. So it's given me even just this week, this idea of like, even though, yes, like I have some joint pain from when I broke my wrist or um, my neck is bothering me, whatever's bothering me mm. on any given day. It's taken me into that sense of like, but I'm so grateful. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> I grateful. Love I love I my love little that. body. Yes, I love you body. You're awesome. Oh, and I'm going to treat that. my body well, because I know when I cross back out of here and back into the other side or heaven or consciousness, I don't get this little body. So I'm going to have reverence for it. And that's something that's come up with some clients and a lot this week for me. Wait, I, yeah, I absolutely love that. Like the reframe of like, this is actually a blessing. And I also heard something once that our soul has chosen our bodies for its definition of beauty or some something along those lines. And I also like that too, because it just was like, okay, this is my home and I'm going to love this body. And when you were talking about consciousness, it made me think about the place of the observer. So do you know Muji? Mm-mm. He's this spiritual teacher that I stumbled upon randomly. Like, ra- it's kind of how I found you. These people- well, there's like, no randomness. There's okay, you're right. Quite, quite deliberate. Well, yeah, yes, <laughs> it was. It was not- yeah, it was not a coincidence, but I didn't like, I don't know. I just opened YouTube and he was there one day. And whenever I'm feeling stuck in my mind, and this takes me back to when you were saying about living as a victim, recently my mind has been extremely loud, especially with starting this podcast and just a lot of self-criticism and judgment and, you know, all the things that the the mind loves to do. But whenever I'm feeling super overwhelmed, I listen to one of his videos because he talks about the place of the observer. And so when you were talking about consciousness, like, do you believe like underneath all of this like the consciousness that is our true form that is who we are just like the observer of all of these things and that's how and then he talks about like separating like just taking a step back and witnessing things and they're not who we really are I don't know if you have any opinions on that I think my thought is that we tend to externalize who we are at the soul level Mm -hmm. rather than internalize it And I think if we really truly got to a place of understanding, we would simply understand that our soul and our ego coexist in our mind. And all we're doing is choosing between the one or the other. Wow. Yeah, that's what I think. I think if Laura would get rid of all her like hangups and bullshit and all the shit that comes up in your brain. Yeah. Past and worrying about the future. And I just could sit in in choice. I could say, 
that when I'm being loving and kind and compassionate and empathetic and excited and about the journey ahead, I'm being mm. sold. And when I'm being a naysayer and I'm comparing myself to other people and I'm worrying about, you know, the pimple that I had today yes. or the cookie that I decided to eat or the muffins that I baked this morning and what they're going to do to my uh, cal you know, caloric intake, then I'm being ego. And I think if we could sit in choice more often, um, I think that we would understand that, that at the end of the day, we are a soul living as whoever we are. Mm, I love that. I've also been struggling with skin and the mind loves to freak out about that. And I, but then well, skin even is like skin is like tied to worth and value. Yes. So in issues that we're having is tied to our worth and value. It's why we, it's why we have it. It's very common. It's the, it's one of the, the top three things we're learning at the soul level in this particular incarnation as the collective, we're learning patience, we're learning worth and value. Mm -hmm. And so, so many people struggle with, with that. Mm -hmm. Wait, I love that. Cause I always think that whenever I talk to people, I've also heard this, that like, we're not all that we are not, all, we're all this, we're all one, but like we go through different, like similar, ex maybe not the same experience, but it has the same message or meaning. Um, and so when you talked about those three, like that, that made a lot of sense. Like, do you feel that as humans, like we'll all share this similar like similar lessons are the same. Yeah, because we're all, there's only one mind. So we're experiencing everything together, even if we don't realize it. So mm -hmm. when it's kind of like, you know, Mercury in retrograde, you've heard of Mercury in yes. retrograde, right? So people always make fun of it. People outside the spiritual community make fun of it. People inside the spiritual community, some people take it super literally. Some people are more like, they understand it's, it's the flow of energy and it is happening. Like there, it, the planets are in retrograde. They do go in retrograde. That is not to be, you know, science has even sh showcased that your experience of it is also based on your belief. So the whole planet is going through the Mercury in retrograde, but our experience of it could be totally different based upon our belief about it. So if you believe like many people in the spiritual community, that Mercury in retrograde is going to mess up all your this and mess up all your that, then the universe has to match that belief and show you experiences where your phone doesn't work and your computer breaks down. If you believe in Mercury in retrograde, but you're you know that you know that's all. It's just it's just going to be little blips here and there. And if those things happen, not to worry about it, then that's what that's what you're going to believe. If you have no belief whatsoever in Mercury in retrograde, then you probably won't notice the little energetic blips that happen. You won't even it won't even be a thing because you don't believe in any of that. So it doesn't mean that it didn't occur. It just means that you're not paying attention to it. I think half of our life is we're asleep to what's happening all around us. So mm. three different people could be driving down the exact same road. And based upon their beliefs in the world, their religion, their gender, all of these things, they could see the same road, but have a completely different experience mm -hmm. with the road. Mm -hmm. So the person on the right who was raised in a family of like loving, kind, compassionate people who took them on hikes and took them out in nature while they're driving could witness like they just saw a deer on the side of the road. Oh my God, it's so pretty. It's so beautiful. And then the person on the left-hand side who was raised by parents who were full-time workers, left them with a nanny, didn't really give a crap about them, really cared about their own their own life. They could be driving down the road and hit a speed bump and their car breaks down. <laughs> mm. And the deer was there, but they never saw it because they're having a different experience. And then the person in the middle could see the deer and also witness the person who's having the breakdown and then just be driving by with nothing happened to them because that's the person who's connected to the divine who knows that every experience has value and it's just we're all basically in our own lane on the same highway going the same place it's just mm. our experience of it it's completely different mm, absolutely I, I yeah I love that visualization too um I don't know why I feel like I want to ask you this but for people who like, because in your books, I have two of them and I absolutely love them. You have little like prayers for when fear comes up and stuff like that. So for someone listening, and honestly, this is for myself too, when you feel like the voice in your head is just so loud, so rude, you just, it, do you have like a little prayer, a little mantra that helps you? Um, Help. <laughs> <laughs> help. I think 
stopping and using the word help and then adding anything else to it is important. And I'll give you the reason why. So think of the word help. So help is healing everything love placed. So what that means at the soul level is that everything that we're moving through, every challenge, every difficulty, every trauma, every tragic thing, as well as every amazing thing is something that we placed here at the level of soul, which is love. That's what what the energy of all things is, is love, unconditional love. So we've given ourselves the things that we're moving through. So the minute that you say help, you acknowledge that whatever you're moving through is something that there has to be an answer and a solution for. So I start with help that acknowledges that there is some force of this universe that can help me through it. And then I can add whatever to it. So um, like today's a perfect example. I woke up and I wasn't feeling well. And, and my first line of defense was tomorrow. I have four clients back to back to back. Can I see myself with my clients online? Yes, I can. Okay. I see myself with my clients Then I know by tomorrow I'm going to feel better. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing was, okay, I know that, but I still don't feel well. Like something's not right with me. So that's when I just said, help me understand what's going on in my body so I can move out of whatever fear is coming up and get back into my happy place. Or it might have been, help me understand why am I having stomach pain right now or whatever was going on within yourself. So it's starting point help and then adding on whatever it is. I actually just finished a journal that's a 365-day journal. Yeah, and I'm going to be releasing it next week. And in the beginning, was just going to be the quote that I, because I channel all these quotes every day. And then a journal prompt. But then as I was getting to the end of it, and I had 365 days all mapped out, I got this little download that was like, no, we're going to do more now. Now we're going to add a help to everything. So every single page has, along with the journal prompt, it starts with the word help. Help me understand who I am. Help me guide me back to love. Help me know that I am uh, more than enough, whatever it is. And each page has has a little helping phrase because we live in an ask to receive universe, which means that in order to receive wisdom, downloads, health, happiness, anything that we're trying to actually create, there has to be a an entry and the entry is help or asking or prayer or any of those things. So that's what I would say. The moment that you feel off kilter, angry, frustrated, any emotion that is not love, just lean into something that will connect you back to that by asking for help or saying a prayer, just closing your eyes. And there's you know, there's so much um, in religion that is, is true, which is, this is, I mean, this is what Jesus taught too. Jesus was essentially saying like, stop trying to do everything yourself and lean into that divine figure. Now in the one century, in the 1000s and beyond, we have been under the, the guise that that one thing is uh, the all powerful, almighty and patriarchal thing. In the 2000s, we're starting to understand that that one thing is all things. And so we're connecting to that divine, essentially. Mm, I love that. I, I saw something in this email and it was people who have like a spiritual, whatever, some practice to connect them with a higher source. It was like 85% are less depressed, less anxious, and it just really helps them. And I've even experienced that in my own life with like the struggles that I go through. I really like how you talk about how our soul has chosen this because that really gives me the confidence honestly that like I can do this I wouldn't have placed this in my path if it wasn't for a reason or if I couldn't do it yeah I had that thought actually this week myself because I was going through something with some work situations and I it's been a little bit of a challenge and then I thought to myself wait a minute my dad died by suicide and I got through that If I can get through that, this is stupid. Like, Mm. I mean, that's the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my entire experience, even on top of having my brother dying of cancer. Like my dad dying by suicide is its own sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And But I survived that and I got back up Mm -hmm. and I figured it out. Like this little career, whatever stumble is nothing in Mm. comparison. And there, and I know within myself is the resiliency to move through that challenge. Mm. And, and you know what I want to say, because I think that there, this is not said enough in the spiritual community is it's every day. It ain't going to be perfect. Yeah. 
today, you are not, you are not ever no. going to get to the end of the work. This is what I think people yes, think yes. and believe when they first start getting into like the spiritual community, that if I just do all these things, if I, if I balance my chakras, if I go mm -hmm. to a medium, if I take Laura's classes, if I go on inside time every day, that everything, eventually I'm going to get to this perfect, amazing life. And the truth is, is your life is going to get better. It's going to get easier. You're going to get happier and more compassionate. You may even be able to bring some more money into your life, but there were always going to be roadblocks, things that piss you off. People are going to cut you off in traffic. Like, there's going to be things because we said yes to the contrast. And um, Abraham Hicks talks about this all the time. We said yes to the contrast. The contrast is what keeps us living and breathing and vibrating on this planet. Mm -hmm. We lowered our vibration to come here from the non-physical world to have a physical experience in the lower environments, the lower vibration, in order to stay rooted to planet earth, you have to have some of these roadblocks and hiccups and things. So bless your circumstances when they do come. The hope is that if you have a hundred things that you have to learn in this lifetime, you uh, you learn 97 of them and then you only have three things that you really have to deal with going forward, but they're still going to be there. So my spiritual life coach, the most awakened person I'd ever met in my entire life, her house burned down wow. in the Malibu fire. And that for me was a big stopping point. I was like, how, like how this woman is so faithful to the one she's so faithful to the divine. How in the world could her house burn yeah. down? Okay. Well, let me just tell you, I went to visit her, um, back in the summer and she's been living in an Airstream trailer on her property for five years. And I, she's finally getting to the end of rebuilding her home and her home that she rebuilt. Oh my God. It looks like a freaking castle. It is so stunning and beautiful. And it's everything that she would have wanted in a home. She loved her house, but I mean, this house is magical. And then, then I looked at it and I said, oh, okay, now I get it. Like sometimes from the hardest things come the most beautiful epic mm -hmm. things. And you just have to sit in the, the, the lag time between that with as much faith and trust as you move through it, because eventually there's going to be something good that comes out of whatever struggle that you are in right now. And if you get into that mentality, then life will be much easier. And if you get into that mentality that I, or I first mentioned that the contrast keeps you rooted on earth. In order to stay here, you have to stay in this vibrational level. So if you're all sunshine and rainbows all the time, you're vibrating too high, you're going to end up going back to spirit. So if you like your body and you like to eat food and you like to have sex and you like to, I'm uh, sorry, mom um, and dad. Um, <laughs> and you like to, um, do all the physical things, then be grateful for this contrast because this is the vibration that keeps us here on planet earth. I love that. And I love how you said that about food because I think something I've been experiencing recently is maybe it's my spiritual ego or maybe it's actually my intuition, but different feelings around certain foods, whereas like some foods may not make me feel the best, but like they're enjoyable to eat. And like, is that just part of the human experience to like enjoy these things or... Yeah, I don't know. That's just something that I think well, about I think a lot. It's a vibration too. So I yeah. think eating food from Mother Earth and the planet, they have a higher vibration. So mm. you feel them differently in your body. And I think if you're getting processed food from a factory, that has yeah. a very low level vibration. And so your body kind of picks up on that. And then you feel like that intuition, it is part of your intuition as well, where intuitively, you know, that that's probably not good for you. And then that's where you get to make the choice. So either you can say, oh, this is bad for me and I shouldn't eat it. And then you feel bad. Or you can say, I know this is bad for me, but I'm going to eat it today because it's going to make me feel amazing. And then tomorrow I won't get you it again. Like, so it's really about the choices of, of the words that you're using and what mm. you're. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. I mean, even before the, yeah, I've been experiencing those things like <laughs> in my day-to-day -day as well I've, ever since going off of birth control I went off of birth control like a week and a half ago I've been on and off of it my intuition was just like you need to get off of it girl and yes I feel so much better and I feel a lot more connected to my intuition and with certain things that I eat too so it's just now trusting that you know and even those things I think have vibrations so you could have one birth control that was 
um, put into this world by somebody who all they care about is profit mm-hmm. and um, margins. Good point. And yeah. that could make you feel really off and off kilter. But then you could find it from another company who the reason it was created was because they really do want to control the population or they want, you know, like it, it depends on the intention mm. of what that thing and where it came from. So it could just be that your body knows that and is looking for something that might be more aligned to that. So totally everything really has a vibration too. Mm, I love that. Cause I've also been, whenever I go off of it, well, this is in the past, this is what I'm trying to like recreate in the future. And you gave me hope with the beliefs. And I don't know if this is something that we can like believe into trueness, but I went off of the pill and I, my skin was really bad intuitively my skin is also really correlated with stress and inflammation in my body and when I'm not at school my skin's fine then when I go back to school it's like boom I have so much acne stress. so yes also so, you're around more people so you're probably unconsciously judging yourself against other people too oh oh yes all the time would that make me break out more of course absolutely absolutely it's like um when I was in my 20s and 30s, my skin was amazing because I felt good about myself. And then as I got into my 40s and um, started getting a little weight, and then I left the entertainment industry, and then I started feeling bad about myself and I'm not on TV anymore. And then my skin started to get wacky and crazy. And then of course you add the hormones in and then that makes it worse. So yes, it's always guided by what you're thinking and believing uh, for sure. So and, and I, the, like my first line of defense is always to come back to what's, what am I thinking, believing, emoting and acting out right now as to what's happening in my body. And I think one thing I also would love to debunk is this idea that if we're spiritual, that we shouldn't take medicine, mm. but that's not the truth. Remember what I said in the beginning about you can't regrow a limb, but certainly we've made strides of how mm. to uh, give people who have lost a limb or who were born without limbs mobility back. So the, when we're looking for something, when we want to create something, we think it into being on this planet. So a lot of the medicines and the cures were thought into being by somebody who wanted to cure them. Mm-hmm. So when you vilify some of that, yeah. you are basically saying no to your intention. You're asking to receive something. So it becomes really important to really truly live in a mind, body, soul way of being, which means think about it at the mind level, think about it at the body level, and then think about it in the soul level. So there's many medicines that I have absolutely said no to. I know they're not going to be for my gut body. My intuition has said no. I set an intention. I meditated on it, gotten the answer that no, this is not for me not to take it. And then there's been plenty of times where I've done the exact same thing and been told, yes, take the medicine. Like Mm. you need the medicine. So like my mom even asked me recently, last year I got a flu shot and um, this year I decided not to. And she asked me why. And I said, because last year I got the download that I needed a flu shot, that it was going to be, it was, it was important for me to get it. And this year, um, having some inflammation issues and some autoimmune issues and, and the downloads that I got about that was that the flu shot was going to interact with the autoimmune and to not take it this year. So it's listening to your body, listening to what's happening in your mind and then connecting and asking for help to know what the answer is. And if you don't know, and you're not really sure, then set an intention to get the answer and then wait to receive it. So a lot of times, if I don't know the answer and I'm still kind of confused, I'll set like a very specific thing. Like, okay, if I'm meant to take this medicine, then I want to see, and I'll say the words blue light special. And then I'll, and I'll see if that shows up in my life. And if I'm not supposed to take the medicine, then I want to see Kermit the Frog. And then I'll kind of like, let it go. Mm. And then eventually what will happen is I'll see one of those things. And then I'll be like laughing, like, oh, there's Carmen the Frog. Okay. I know I'm not supposed to take that. I'm good. Or mm. I'll like special and I'll say, oh, okay. I should probably take that. All right. I should do that. Yeah. So I just want to get us out of this idea that, um, that we should uh, vilify all medicines. Mm. And I think that's, that's not the case. I think we have to really come to a mind, body, soul mind, body, spirit way of understanding how to move through whatever illnesses, ailments we have. Mm, I definitely needed that. And I think it is something that isn't talked about enough because yeah, there is this part of me that is like, fuck everything. I don't want to take anything. Right. 
And, you know, maybe there is that part of myself that needs to be heard and seen. And maybe that will happen down the line. But it's so interesting because when you were saying like different medicines have different frequencies, I ordered this. I asked my doctor to refill my birth control and she sent in like a different kind. And the different kind that she sent in, I was on last year and it just really affected my mood. But for some reason now it feels better when I imagine taking that one than the one I just stopped. So I'm like, okay, maybe I don't, I don't, but then again, I don't know. So I'm going to do the thing that you suggested with setting an intention because I'm also afraid to make the wrong choice. And because it was so strongly linked to my mood, like, I don't want to feel like that again. So yeah, I'm just scared to make a choice, I guess. So that's when we lean in to the wisdom of the body, the wisdom of the mind and the wisdom of the soul so that we, we we're not trying to do it all ourselves. And that's our biggest issue on this planet is we always try <laughs> to do everything ourselves and we think we're all alone. And then we forget to take that other part of ourselves into account yeah. and really ask to receive. So, um, and I think, do I believe that we can heal ourselves from the inside out without the use of medicine? Yes. Do I believe that we are at the level of belief to do that? No. Yeah. I think that for 95% of people, the level of belief it takes to heal yourself spontaneously is, it's not really that achievable. There's too much other noise and nonsense in our mind that we can get rid of. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen miracles. So we know it's possible that yeah. yes, truly, truly believe with every fiber of your being that you can heal from whatever ailment, the illness that you have. And you stayed with that belief 100% and you just knew it. I do think that that we have seen that that can happen. I just think that right now, currently in the collective as it stands, I think it's really a challenging um, belief to hold. And so it takes you know, it, it, it takes that mind, body, soul approach until you get to the level of belief where you're just so confident that it's going to heal. And I think there's certain things like it, this happened to me once, like I got something in my eye and I did the thing. Like I closed my eyes. I started meditating on it. I started asking to receive. And the answer that I received was just cl- keep your eyes closed and let your eyes water and it'll be fine. and It'll go away. And it did. But I also believe if I hadn't done that, I could have caused a worse situation because I sort of like, well, then I went down the rabbit hole with it. So I think yeah. if we're more cognizant and aware when certain things come up to stop in the moment, to ask for help, to think about what was this teaching me in the moment, I think we can we can push out really quickly some things that maybe don't have to take us down into rabbit holes and we can just like move through it really, really quickly And then I think when it comes to healing, if it took us 10 years to build up the belief that created the illness or the ailment, why do we think that we're going to heal in a day or two (laughs) or three days or one healing session? It took you 10 years to get there. You got to give yourself some grace that you got to, you know, back yourself out of the room in order to get, but we want things. We're such a a now, now, now generation, especially like- you know, with phones, it's like everything comes so quickly. When I try to log into my bank and I get my my backup codes, I swear to God, I don't even hit the button before the backup <laughs> codes come to me. We're so, we want everything now, now, now. So mm-hmm. when it comes to healing, whether it's emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, because we want it now, 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 that keeps us in the resistance of yes. the healing actually occurring. So we have to pay more attention to what's happening within our mind, our, our body, our emotions, so that we can work towards coming back as often as we can to that healing, that love and all those things that we need to actually to bring that healing that we're wanting. I love that. Cause I also feel like the less that you rush it, then maybe the answers will come you know, yeah. along, along the way. One yes. More- Cause we live in a lag time and it's called letting alignment go whenever we're in lag we let alignment go and that's what causes Mm. some of our trouble so while we're in the lag time we have to learn to love accept and be grateful (laughs) I I love that um I wanted I don't know why this very quickly my dog is with me today what I mean I've heard that dogs are here to like show us unconditional love and yeah I don't know if you have any like opinions or experiences with animals and if they chose to be with us or my son because I always tell him I talk to the dog and he doesn't believe me 
<laughs> no, I've, I've talked to my dog. Yeah, no, I do. I talk to my dog because I meet him at the one mind. So he can't communicate with me in, in his, in human words. And I can't communicate with him in dog words. But when we come back to the singular mind, we can have a conversation so that I can understand his wants and needs. So that's where I have a conversation with him. We come back to the singular mind that we both have access to. I definitely believe that dogs are here to teach us unconditional love, but I also believe that there is also a, um, dogs are here to learn lessons too. So mm. not every dog gets put into a loving, kind family. No. They've got something to learn. Sometimes they do though. Like my dog Raven was, I mean, he was like a heaven in dog form. He was just the sweetest, kindest, most compassionate little doggy soul. And he definitely taught me unconditional love. And I think one of the reasons that animals, that dogs don't stay here as long is because they don't have to learn as much as we have to learn. Remember what I said about the contrast keeping you on the planet? Well, when dogs are just fully loved and everything is sunshine and rainbows, there's not a lot of things to learn here. So mm. that's why they don't live here, live as long, because they, they're not a vibrational match anymore to what you have to be on this planet. So um, and you know what? That's their journey. Like that's what they said yes to. So we let them have their experience. And as much as we want to keep our dogs around for, uh, you know, our whole of our life, it's not meant to be. And we just have to love on them while we can. He's literally sitting right here staring at me in his Christmas sweater. I love your sweater. His name's Lucky and I wrote a persuasive essay when I was 12 years old and here he is. <laughs> um, here he is. Yeah, he's the best boy ever. Um, okay, so is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with today? Anything that you feel like? I think just to remind you that you are a spiritual being having a human experience with access to the resources of the divine that exist within you. It is not outside of yourself. It is the energy of all things. And it is the mind that we all have access to. And all we have to do is take its hand, take its mind, connect it to our mind and stop trying to do it all by ourselves. And I think if we learn that more and more, the more we co-create on this planet, the easier life will become and the easier, um, the better planet we will live on, but also know that it's not everybody's experience to awaken. So mm -hmm. as much as us, those of us who are in the spiritual community want to wake up this world, it's just not what we signed up for. That's not what the world um, said yes to. So we have to be just the ones who hold the light, even for those who are still stuck in the dark and and try not to get dragged too much and too many times into their their darkness mm, I love that because even I was asking my friend who's like in the spirit she, I don't know she's just literally amazing and I was like I really want to like help my sister and she was like by being yourself and just doing the things that you feel called to do that's the greatest gift that you can offer her and just having her see me I don't know like meditate or do the yeah. things that I like to do is like the greatest gift. I I have, I mean, I have examples of that just to prove that, that people come to it in their own time and place. Cause I started this journey, as I said, 10 years ago, and I used to get in arguments with my best friend all the freaking time. Um, and she didn't want to hear any of it. And now we have these like amazing conversations because Aww. she's finally come to it in her own time, in her own place. And she accepts and understands what I say. And she never mm -hmm. judged me for it. Cause it's true. We, truly have unconditional love for one another. So even if she didn't agree with me because she was my, you know, my soul sister, my best friend since I was 15, she was just like, all right, whatever, Laura. And same with my mom. Like my mother is my, uh, my other best friend. And she thinks some of the times I'm completely whacked. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Some of the stuff like talking to people on the other side as a medium um, and instead of like pushing and poking and prodding her, I would just tell her stories. I'd be like, oh my God. So oh, I talked to this one mm. grandma today and I tell her what happens in some of my sessions with people who have crossed over and she's heard it so many times now. And I never judged her for whether she believed it or not that in the first couple of years, she just thought it was crazy. But now she's like very proud. So she'll tell her friends like, oh my God, as a medium, she talks to dead people. Wait, I, <laughs> that, yeah, that's so but They funny. have to come yeah. to it in their own time and their yes. own way. And if we just hold space for them without trying to poke prod and, and judge them, mm. I think hopefully eventually they will. Because if they're in your life, 
there the chances are that they have some ability to to understand that because vibrationally we have to be somewhat of a match to one another mm -hmm. there can be a divide but it it's like if if that person is not in your life it's because you're not matched to them anyway mm -hmm. and they would just naturally float away so even if they're your family member even if there's a coworker, just the fact that you're around them means that they do have the ability to understand you, but you're not going to, you're not going to yank them in. They have mm. to have their own time in their own place. Totally. I mean, I know we need to end in a minute, but this literally yesterday, I have this deck of cards and I was pulling them on a kitchen table and then my sister pulled one with me. And then my dad, who is like a surgeon and has never understood anything was like can I pull one and I was like what <laughs> did you just ask me like yeah so yes it just shows that like yeah people will come to it in their own time and I do agree that like people are in your life because they match some they match you some sort um by like on vibration wise but yeah it was like a crazy moment I was like am I literally dreaming right now like what just happened <laughs> yeah that's that's it so just yeah. allow it to unfold so yeah well thank you so much for chatting with me today and I will link all of your socials and website in the description so people can find you thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> okay hopefully you guys loved that episode as much as I did I really loved sitting down and talking with Laura, she really has opened my eyes to so many things in terms of who I am, who we all are, and I've actually done an intuitive soul session with her, so if you guys are interested in that, it's speaking to you, then I definitely encourage you to trust that and go forward with it because it's really cool. We dove into my past lives, and yeah, it's really cool to have a session like that because then you can take what you learn and apply it to your life and it can really give you a different perspective on what you are currently going through. And if you have any questions about my experience with the session, just reach out and I linked Lara's socials in the description. So if you want to check her out, I definitely encourage you to do so. And yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing day and thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And if you could leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate that. And I hope that you are being gentle with yourself today. Love you.